Hey guys, thank you so much for stopping by Legend Church's weekly podcast. Just a quick reminder, you can check us out at legendchurch.com, find us on Facebook and Instagram, and Sunday mornings in Madisonville. But hey, without further ado, set the cruise control, start Matt Run, or grab a drink, and let's talk about all things Jesus. I just was reminded because I just looked out. Well, there's a brand new baby here today. Uh, Abby and Jonathan had a baby two weeks ago, uh, or less than two weeks. Anyways, you should go see the new baby because new babies are so much fun to me. Uh, and they're so soft. No, you can touch it all you want. Just do lots of touches. Um, it's not my baby. Um, anyways, uh, so we started a couple last week. Jason started a new sermon series um, where we're going through this uh, book of the Bible, uh, the scroll of the Bible, Joshua. Um, And Stephanie came up last week and was like, hey, why are we skipping all the fun parts of Joshua and going straight to the really, really boring parts? And I was like, great question, Bible scholar Stephanie. Um, uh, Because she's so concerned. She's like, I was reading it. Uh, (laughs) Uh, But... We are skipping all the really fun narrative. There is fun narrative. Actually, the Old Testament is my favorite part of the entire. I just love the narrative. I love story, and story is beautiful, and story is good. Uh, And then you're reading this scroll of Joshua, this story, and you have all these fun little things happening, and then it hits chapter 13, chapter 14, and it's then really boring for the last, you don't, it's the parts that you really are like, ah, I don't need to read this. There's not, there's not much going on here. It's divvying up land after they've conquered it, right? Stephanie, you missed my joke where I made fun of you being a Bible scholar. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, so anyway, so we so the, the history goes like this. Um, I know this looks exciting that I'm going to draw stuff, but it's not going to be that great. Um, I spent four years, more like seven, but four years in Bible college to be a pastor a long time ago, and I'm still paying for it, and I didn't learn much, but I did learn this. Um, So this is how you draw the Palestinian Middle Eastern area if you're going to ever map it as one would do, Stephanie. Um, So you start with the sea. There's always a there. This is the Mediterranean Sea. This is what it looks like, perfectly drawn. Med C. Uh, then you want to make sure you get to Egypt, which is the Delta and the Nile River. This is our Egypt. Uh, then there's always a peace sign. The peace sign, this would be your Red Sea. Um, I learned this for a long time. I paid a lot of money, so this is the only time I ever get to use it. So there you go. Uh, the, uh, actually, I didn't pay anything. Um, the, and so, you know, when, they, when, they were the Egypt, when the Hebrews were in Egypt, uh, they escaped, and this would be maybe, who no, no one really knows, but if you're following the narrative, like the Red Sea or the Sea of Reeds was parted, perhaps, we don't know. Um, but uh, this little blip here that we have is going to be called Mount Hermon. It's like this giant mountain that's important. And then right here, you get your Sea of Galilee, your Jordan River, your Dead Sea. This is to scale perfectly. It's actually, all should be shifted this way a little bit, but it doesn't matter. Uh, But this is 
everything. And so when, we, when you're following the history to get the narrative, to get to this story in Joshua, uh, man, they escaped these people, 400 years slaves. Um, I, I wish you could understand how important it is. Uh, Jay, uh, Jason brought it up for a second last, year, last week that uh, when they're enslaved, when they're enslaved so long, um, to trace the Hebrew people, the Israelites, is not a bloodline anymore. Uh, it is so many intermixed cultures, uh, races, ideologies. Uh, I mean, th- for the most part, they're just Egyptians. Uh, they've been there 400 years, and they're escaping. Uh, this is the Moses story. And then, I don't know if you remember, but for 40 years, they just wander in circles like the Sinai Desert. They are just a people wandering, no home, like the dwarves, uh, no home for 40 years, right? They're just wandering this desert. It's all kinds of different stories in there. And then, but there's always this rumor, right? Right when they first crossed, there was this rumor that they talked about that one day we're going to get this land, and um, and God's going to give us this land, and we're going to divvy it out. Everyone's going to have their own portion. And then so 40 years later, guess what? They crossed the Jordan River, which, they crossed the Jordan River into this would be, uh, it's a lot closer this way. But anyways, this would be what they're sort of fighting over now. Um, but this would be the promised land that they get to go in. Like, this is it. We're here. And so when you get to Joshua, when the, bu- when the scroll starts, um, it's starting here. We have crossed over into the, crossing the Jordan, right? This is a cultural moment where we've crossed the Jordan. We've gone into what we've been told we get. Um, and one really important story, there's two very important stories in the beginning of Joshua, and the rest of them is the same. But there's, there's, there's these stories of conquest, right? There's these stories of getting. Uh, if you want to go, uh, Jason would know way more about this than I do, but if you want to go super into what this means, because we, we ask questions. I ask them all the time, like, well, this is violent. This is what God wants for people? This is violent? And uh, it's good questions to ask of this. We're not talking about that today, and we're not answering those questions. But there, there's really something good that, remember, that this was written down post, way later, post-Babylonian exile, is when they decided to write these stories down. And so when they cross, each tribe, we'll get into in a second, gets a part of the land. And even in the beginning, they're arguing over it. It was never clear. It was never clear. There's no clarity onto what part of the land they get because they start arguing from the very beginning. Some of them never even take the land that they wanted. Some of them go other places. It is a mess. Uh, but, man, writing it down post all that where we're trying to rebuild, we're going to make it super clear. Uh, this is exactly why we're writing it down. So just keep that in mind. That's a lot. And same with, like, conquest. But anyways, we go into the first story that they get into is they go into this... Um, Sorry if that was a side rant that didn't make any sense, but uh, they go to this uh, uh, town of uh, Jericho, right? I mean, we've heard the story of the Jericho walls, and they march around the city. The point of that story is that they go in and they get this, uh, and we also have to know that every, every town they take, um, man, they, the, the town's child sacrifice, murdering children, doing horrible, it's not like these are like innocent. It's, there's something about what they represent that's, that's anti-life. And we go into these, these, right? So we go into Jericho. And how do they take Jericho? They take it nonviolently. They take it, they do nothing. They walk around the city. And God does this work for them. So we read the story like, oh, this is where they did nothing? 
And God gave them something. And then the very next story is they go to this town called Ai, and they're like, man, we can do this. Look what we did at Jericho. And they take it by violence, and they take it by force, and they fail. They can't do it. So just know that that is the first two stories. So as we read Joshua, anything that looks like we're taking control, we're doing the fighting, we're doing this, is not good. And anytime they say, okay, hey, I just got to let go and trust Man, there's something good happening there. So that, those are the first two stories we get, and that sort of follows throughout the story. And then we get, finally, to uh, chapter 13, 14. Jason did 13 last week. Um, where they've, they've done this. They've conquered. And now they're like, we're divvying up the land. So there's these tribes, right? There's these tribes that represent the, the sons of Jacob, Israel. Um, and I like to think in my head, and this is totally not true, but I wish it was. I like to think of them as like Scottish clans, like they wore the same color, like, oh, we wear, we're like Gryffindor, we wear red and gold, uh, and they, like, have, they, they get together annually for games and fights, and, like, they hate each other, and they talk in Scottish accents, right? They should. They should totally talk in Scottish accents. I wish, that, and they had flags, like, ah, oh, with, a, with a lion of Judah, yeah? Uh, that was good, right? Was, yeah. um, no, but, like, yeah, I just wish it was like that, and it's not. I, 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 I love this, like, you see these, like, um, I wish it was a little bit more organized. Like, man, we are the, this clan, and you know, we're together. We're all the same, but we're also different. And there's a little bit of that, but it's not as organized and clear as that. But there are these 12 tribes. Man, we're part of this tribe. We're part of this tribe. And the first tribe to sort of get their uh, reward uh, is going to be uh, Judah. Uh, and Judah's a big one, and it's going to have like a lot of the, a lot of the, the biggest portion. Uh, Judah's going to be a tribe that's really important throughout this entire narrative. Because Judah is going to be where we get our, our Davids, where we get our Jesuses. Uh, this is a, Judah is a big, big tribe. And eventually there's going to be civil war, go figure, uh, within Israel. And uh, it's going to be just the north and the south. And Judah is going to be the south and then the northern kingdoms are all. It's just two. They go into two. And, and what we believe as the narrative goes, if we're just following the story, uh, we believe, man, this is... Uh, uh, these are the good guys. Judah's going to be the good guys. Uh, so when we sing songs like that Lion of Judah song, me and Jeremy were talking about a couple of weeks ago, like, it's kind of a weird thing that we, what does that mean? Like, why do we say it? But it's kind of from that. It's from this tribe. It's powerful. It's good. These sort of things. But the idea, though, is once they got here, if we're trying to really follow the story, and especially if we're asking human questions, and we're asking hum- questions about God and questions about life, and not just like, well, tell me exactly how the history went, because no one's interested in that. The writers aren't interested in that. They're interested in telling you about something different. Um, if we go to this, what's supposed to happen here is that these 12 tribes, this people, this Israel, these Hebrews, they are supposed to come in. And they're supposed to be the embodiment of the living and loving God that is in all things and is of all things. And they were supposed to, maybe they do have a Jerusalem. Maybe they do have a temple. But out of that temple should flow different ways that we think about women in the culture then. Different ways we treat widows, orphans, the outcasts. Different ways we treat people from other cultures. A, A way of peace a way where love flows out, a way where everyone's sharing with everyone because there is enough. The way we treat the land, the way we treat our possessions are all different. This is what the whole entire time you have this character in the narrative, that's Yahweh, that's God, who's saying, this is how it could be. 
And I want you, this people, to go and be that. And they utterly fail. They utterly fail. They don't do it. They, uh, there's, it's, there were people, right? There's war. There's greed. There's want. There's territory. There's possessions. And they utterly fail. There's a beautiful thing they were supposed to be, and they utterly fail. Uh, I think about this a lot when I think about what we are even doing here. Um, I, I grew up in the church, and it was fine. Like, I, I, my, you know, I didn't do the bad things. That's what they told me not to do. So I was like, all right, I guess I won't do that. Uh, and and it, it was fine. Uh, and then I went to a, a Bible college, and I remember sitting down my freshman, I was like uh, 18, in a, in a class about Acts. And I, I never really read the Bible. I just heard whatever the guy said. Um, and... Uh, and I read this part called Acts chapter 2, where it paints a picture of what the church is supposed to be. It paints this beautiful picture of people sharing, people not going without, where just community and love and inclusion, the people with disabilities, the way women were uplifted in this community, like it was just different than everything you saw in the outside world. And I read it even from my own 20th century perspective, being 18, and go, well, that's really good. <laughs> and I've never experienced that. And so uh, that, that set my... Mm, sweet little Justin then was so naive. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> like, I really was. I was like, this is not right. I'm going to change it. And I, uh, that guy, there's some good about him. My wife probably still likes that guy, but I, I don't. Um, I could beat them up right now if I wanted to. Um, I really could. I think about a lot. Do you ever think about you could beat up your old selves? I always think about it, and I would totally. I know a lot more than he did. Um, he wouldn't have done good. Uh, so the, uh, but, so then I, I graduated college, and I went, and I, actually my senior year, I preached at this church in Mount Adams, Mount Adams Church of Christ. This three-story building sat 100 people, and there were seven people that went there. They were all senior citizens. It was uh, Orvine, Imogene, Gerdine, Buford, Homer, Elaine, and Rudy. They, that's who went there. And they, like, they had their knitting. that They just kept there every, all week, and they, they all sat in different spots. And I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a revolution. And I would just, <laughs> I'm sure it was so bad. I would do these, like, sermons, like, let's get out there and change the world. And, they, and no matter what I said, I could have also been up there. I'm like, guys, this sucks. I hate everything. And they would just be like, good sermon, pastor, good sermon. And they would just leave. That's all they wanted. And so even though they were super nice, uh, man, they were done. Uh, they were, they were, the, the atmosphere was dead. Uh, it just wasn't going. I was like, okay, this, this isn't it. This isn't it. There's a way it's supposed to be, and this isn't it. So then I went and got my first official, like, salary uh, insurance kind of thing. <laughs> that's what I, that's adulting to me. Salary insurance must be where adults come from. And I got that, and a youth pastor job in Virginia, and that's where I learned, actually, that's where my wife, who hadn't been a Christian that long, said, I remember her saying, hey, if I would have known it was going to be like this, I wouldn't have ever signed up for it. Because uh, she witnessed just church. It, was, it wasn't about like sharing and community and inclusion. It was anger and rights and mad and bickering. My favorite story from that church is there was these elders. They were like in charge spiritually. And Michael, the guy who I, the, the other pastor, 
he was like, hey, guys, um, yeah, I know we don't read our Bibles as elders. He's like, it'd be cool if we just tried that sometime. And I remember, forget this guy, he's a really nice guy. He wasn't mean, but he looks, he, he pats him on the shoulder and goes, Michael, I'd love to read the Bible. But I'll tell you what, I just can't put down Tom Clancy. That's, <laughs> that's what he said. He said that. Was, I was like, what? He's like, uh, and I was like, well, man, Tom Clancy's probably way more better reader. But he said that. I was like, eh, I just can't put down Tom Clancy. And I met Michael, I saw him that day go, yeah, I think I'm done here. Um, but that, man, but in that place, there was bickering and weirdness and all the polity and politics and theology that got in the way of just, it was weird. So then I left there and I went to the big church, right? The mega church. This is where you're supposed to go. You move up. You move up the corporate ladder. Now I'm at the big thing and all they cared about was money and attendance and things that I just, I glossed over. I was like, I don't, I don't, I have nothing. And that wasn't great. So then we're like, well, let's just start our own, uh, Naive little Justin then, too. Uh, and the idea was that there's a way it's supposed to be, and I never found that. Um, I found Jason. Um, man, I don't know, uh, Jason, if you remember much. We used to, we, I used to like to argue. I used to like to, it was fun to argue with Jason. I, at the time, I didn't realize you're always going to lose an argument with Jason. I thought I could win. I thought I could win. Um, but... Uh, but we were like, and it's not, I'm not saying at all that, oh, man, look at this. We've done exactly this. It's, but we just always knew that there was, there was a way that it's supposed to be, and we're not finding it. And what we do find a lot is that we don't fit in a lot of places. Like, we just had a meeting this week where someone was like, well, hey, we're going to need to see your membership of your church. We're like, uh, you want to be a member? You can, right now, say yeah. Like, we don't have that. We don't have members. What does that mean? Like, we're not trying to keep tabs or, we just don't have it. Uh, and that was boggling to that guy. Um, but... What we did see, and it's what we've all seen, all of us here, I mean, this is why we're at a place like this, is that we've looked at American Christianity in the same way that Israel was looked at when they took that promised land, and they say, you have utterly failed, right? When we look at what American Christian, when we look at it on the news, when we look at what it represents and how it's angry, and the people on the streets who are angry, and I'm like, man, you have utterly failed. And that's what I felt about a lot of my uh, very small niche evangelical church experiences that, man, there's, some, there's a different way to go. So let's, let's hold that for a second. Let's go back to Joshua. Uh, in Joshua, there's this dude um, named Caleb. Uh, there's not a lot of good guys in the Bible. Most of them are pretty, pretty bad, especially in the Old Testament. But Caleb and Joshua are good guys. You like them. We, we like what they do. Uh, and Caleb comes up to uh, Joshua. He, Caleb's going to be one of the leaders of Judah, and he's like, hey, um, and he says this thing. He talks about 40 years ago because he was there. There's this place called Kadesh Barna, which is right around, sorry, here. It's like right when they, before they crossed the Jordan, uh, they sent some spies into the land to be like, hey, go see if it's cool there. Like, go see if we can do this. And I don't remember the story, but 10 were bad and two were good. There's a little song about it. Uh, 10 spies were like, no, we can't do it. It's scary in there. And two spies were like, yeah, I think we can. And Caleb was one of those good ones. Um, and then, right then, he says, uh, man, I was promised an allotment of land because of that, because of my faithfulness then. So then we have, uh, and then he says, now it's been 45 years. That was 45 years ago, and I'm an old man. So he's 80, we're guessing 85 or something now. And he's talking to Joshua. They've conquered the land. And he says this. Austin, can you put that verse up real quick? I just like it. He said, I am still as strong today 
as the day that Moses sent me out. That was that day at Kadesh Barna a long time ago. Uh, I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. I'm still as strong as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Um, I read that this week as I was going through this, and it filled me with uh, a little bit of guilt. Uh, When I think about going back to where we were like, man, there is a way that this can be because there's a way that it's not. Uh, In the very beginnings... Um, we, um, there was a, a few of us, and, and there was, we had a, a couple of people with small kids. Uh, and I, for us, uh, this is how it worked out in my life, um, probably because my wife did a lot. But like I, uh, I didn't have a lot of time, but I had a ton of energy. I had a ton of energy. And so kids just came with you wherever you went. We just took them wherever they were going here. And we just went out. We did. We were at the bar once a week. Uh, We were doing service projects. We were just, I had the energy. Uh, And then, man, uh, kids get older. Time gets to where you have none. And I sometimes I look at where I'm at now as far as uh, that vision of, man, this is how it could be. And I go, oh, I I don't have the energy. And I love this challenge from Caleb. Man, I am just as strong now as I was then. I am just as vigorous now as I was then. I just said I could beat my old self up. I could do like just I should be. And I feel guilty sometimes because I think there's a, a, a group. I Man, we have lost the energy that we once had. Uh, and so the challenge for me a little bit, and we're going to go somewhere else with it too, is that, man, I need to find that energy again. And so uh, we've talked about this a couple times, and it's becoming uh, more and more of a reality that we're, that we're probably going to be in a building around the street, uh, street. And one that we didn't conquer, one that was given to us, one that was, it's, it seems too good to be true. It's just, we're going to, and we've been wandering, right? Uh, not 40 years, but 15 um, and we'll have a place. And I, I'm a little, I'm excited about that, but I'm also nervous about that because I don't know what that means for us. I don't know what that looks like for us as a, uh, it's almost like we've been playing and it's easy to play when you're moving a lot. And now we're going to have a spot and spot means something. Spot, land, it means something. We're here now. Uh, and it makes me scared because I don't have that energy uh, so what I'm asking is, church, that we need to get that energy uh, because we're going to be in the side. And I'm not talking about physical work. Like we, we can paint, we can move pews and paint buildings. That's actually the easy stuff. Uh, but there's, um, for lack of a better term, there's ministries. There's ways to help. There's ways to be a presence uh, that uh, I think we're going to be challenged as we've been a wandering church moving into a, a location. And if it's not there... Uh, it's going to be somewhere, man. This building's not accessible for people with disabilities, and that's sad. Uh, our children's ministry suffers from the openness and the uh, w- easy ways for kids to escape down there. Uh, it happens. Um, unless you're new, it never happens. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's wild. Um, but, uh, but this isn't perfect. It's going to move somewhere, and it takes energy. Uh, man, one of my favorite stories that's come out of the last couple of weeks is... Um, we were at a, a, we have a leadership team, we have a team, uh, and we meet once a month, and I was making a joke, 
My dad is always like, hey, make sure you put me on the prayer list. Put me on the prayer list, which is such an old school thing for churches. And he's going to find this out for the first time. But we don't have a prayer list. Uh, we don't have that. And I was kind of making the joke, like, guys, yeah, you know, like, put me on the prayer list. And then someone from our team goes, hey, that's, that's not funny. <laughs> we should have a prayer list. And, and we should have one. And I'm going to start it. And, and I got to add someone to it last week, which was really cool. Um, that's the energy, right? Hey, we don't have this, but we need it, and I'm going to start it. Because I think a lot of times Jason feels this, this, this more than I do because I ignore a lot of things, um, and he doesn't, where he's like, hey, we should start this. Go do it, please, Jason. Um, and that's, that doesn't always work. Um, but I think my, the whole point is a call for us, a call for energy, a call that says there is a way that the people of God represented on earth, which at one time was here but not anymore, um, are supposed to be. And when they're in location, there's something that comes out of that. There's a presence there that's either going to be looked at as benign, and so it doesn't matter, looked at as bad, or looked at as healthy and thriving and good for the community, and good for those around it, and good for those who participate. And so as we get closer and closer to this thing, this new evolution of, of, uh, of this, um, it's, man, I, I, our, our calls for me and all of us, energy, thoughts, prayers, new, what's going on, what are we creating here? Um. Man, and I, I just hope that uh, I'm always, even when I'm 85, if I make it that long. Whew, that's a lot. It's um, a lot more living. <laughs> it's hard. Um, uh, if I make it that long, I hope that I can still read this and go, I, am, I could beat up 45-year-old Justin, 85-year-old. Like, I hope so. Um, I hope that's my, my mentality. I hope this legend now could totally out, out Christ. Can you say that? Out Christ the old legend. That's lame. No, no. This legend now could outlove. Is that better? Ooh, this legend now. Let's keep going. I love this. I love improv games. It's so fun. Uh, but out, man, outlove or just beat up that other legend. Uh, there's a lot more of us now, which helps. Numbers do help. Uh, anyways, man, think about that. And if and our biggest thing, and then I'm done. We'll be done. Uh, our biggest thing is if there's something stirring in you as a part. We don't have members. If you're here, you're a member. Thanks. Welcome. Uh, uh, if there's something stirring in you, man, this is what this place needs to be, or this is what we don't have, or this is what's lacking, and, we, and we're not always the best that we try really hard. Man, okay, come, let's do that. Let's actualize that. How can we help? Um, and it takes energy, and that's a lot in our world today. Um, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to move into our time of communion. The way we do communion is just as the band sings a song, we come up, and you can come up with your family, come up by yourself. Uh, and we grab bread, and we dip in the juice, or you can grab the thimble. And it's, uh, it's just a time of processing, a pr- time of thought, a time of meditation. Um, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to move into that. God, uh, man, I, I pray all the time, you, you hear it, for energy. I want energy. I want good energy. I don't want to be tired. I don't want to use the excuse that I'm busy, uh, even when I am. I don't want to use you that I didn't get that done or I can't work, and especially when it comes to the things you 
are prodding me and guiding me to do, whether it's a text or a prayer or a, uh, a physical showing up, which is even tougher sometimes. I pray for the energy. Um, I pray for us as we have been wandering, um, that we uh, don't just become something stagnant, that we wander into something lively and beautiful and filled of life. So just be with us. Um, thank you for that message about strength. Um, let us take it however we need it. In Jesus' name, I do pray these things.